Traveler, you have come back. It is good to see that you are physically doing fine after all of the battles I've heard going on in the battlegrounds outside. Have a seat. Now I know you're fighting quite the war. There's a lot to be fought out there. Your freedom, your pride, your health and your future. But the most important thing is, how are you feeling inside, Traveller? I know it can be hard, but everyone here at the Nerdic Inn has an open ear and an open heart. There's lots to discuss with you today, but I do want to see you heal up and get some rest, Traveller. Do what you must, and know that we will be here to listen and tend to you whenever you need. Welcome back, Traveller. There's always hope for you here. Guys, I've been... I've been on a journey to actually be... Cause you can't say you're nerded not know Star Wars, am I right? I mean, have you both of you guys seen... I haven't seen any of them. Well, I have now. Have you guys seen Star Wars? Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, yep. See, I'm like way behind. Of when, when they were still on VHS is when I first started watching them. Dude, I ha- I swear I had like... Me and my f- my siblings grew up watching... I swear like five... Oh, well, I mean quite a few of them, but it was all like Walt Disney stuff, but never Star Wars. So you guys were more Disney kids? Definitely. Okay. Well, I mean... Back then when Star Wars wasn't owned by Disney. See, I know. was a Nick bitch, so I'm better than you guys. <laughs> no, we we watched just that, but I never really was exposed to Star Wars stuff. I remember going to the video time store. This is super, hold on, this is super duper, like, I don't know if this is like, it's definitely not legal. My mom, like, she couldn't find, like, any babysitters for us. So after school, me and my brother would walk to video time. Remember that? The video, the video. Oh, where the like, soda shop was, right? Yes. Yeah. So the video store there. And I would literally wander the aisles back down, back down, back and forth for about an hour till she got off work because there was no babysitter for us at the time. So I, I'd see the Star Wars box. I'm like, eh, like I mean, never saw them ever. And then just starting Monday, I started watching them. I got through episode one. So I'm going in numerical order instead of chronological order. One of my clients said, it's going to be clunky when you get to like three or four. I don't know which one's the old one is. Which so one is it? Episode four is the original movie that came out. Okay. So she said, when I get to that one, it's going to be clunky. Just just bear with so it. So you're literally watching them one through six? Yeah. Yeah, dude. You're, you're <laughs> fucking yourself. Yeah. yeah so well, I told him like one or going one, two, three. We'll give him a little bit more lore background buildup. Going four, five, six, one, two, three, it makes a better transition to modern cinema. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I just figured I'll just, I'll deal with it, but I'm going to get a little different experience than most people did. Yeah. I mean, I don't know who else has done that, but it's cool because I know Disney Plus actually does, they have it listed in the order you're supposed to see it. Yeah. So I just went, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, nope. I'm going to trust good old Papa Walt, see what he's got for me. Like, if you really wanted to get into it, to go, if, let's see, one, two, three, then uh, Rogue One. Yeah. Then four, five, six. It's such a crazy roadmap. Okay, yeah. okay. Here's my one and knock. And somewhere you throw Solo. If you here's my solo. one knock on it is... Okay, Yoda comes out in the second one where he finally fights. So I finally see him fight. Yeah. This dude walks out in like a, with a staff, you know? Oh, yeah. And then right. he's freaking acrobatting, pulls his... Yeah. Dude, he's like flipping. <laughs> and when, when you first watch it, you can't help but laugh, can't you? Like, I remember, so great. As a little kid, I watched and I couldn't stop laughing just because it's Yoda doing like kung fu movie screaming doing all these he looks, he looks like a damn beyblade in the air dude with a, with a lightsaber attached it's crazy anyways the second one was much much better than the first one first one was i actually napped through the war scene it was, it was just slow it was slow overall so it was, eh, it was okay but definitely passed you out you can't deny darth maul was pretty badass darth dude, maul dude, was my badass. dude he's cool like he was the highlight when he <laughs> takes his cloak off one <laughs> saber blade comes out then the second one comes <laughs> out it's like oh shit this is yeah this no, gonna yeah. go real no dude's a beast i definitely i sucks they killed him off like i was like well, know, to me at least like cool he's like he's like already I'm dead like, we well, get it liam neeson is op bro but come on <laughs> well that's well, where if you watch liam the clone wars it was John the other Obi Swan. Obi Swan, right? I didn't Obi know. Obi Wan. Obi Wan. Liam, Liam Neeson did play Obi Wan. <laughs> no, no, it's someone else. You got, you got, it, you got it wrong. Yeah. No. I'm not going to edit this out. I want people to know uh, my stupidity. I'm thinking too much. Uh, Ian <laughs> McGregor. Ewan. Anyways. Either way, it's not Taken Boy. Yeah, yeah. No, he. <laughs> uh, he he's the same actor who played the adult version of Christopher Robin in Winnie the Pooh. No idea. I don't watch that one. Was it good? 
That movie was good. Was it? Like, it makes you want to cry because really? you are right remembering in the feels, childhood. huh? Yeah, I need to like that. Well, speaking of movies, did you guys see the trailer for Black Widow? I have no. not. Yes, I've seen it. I've okay, so, seen posts. So it's about pretty it. good. I've just been on Netflix. It's pretty. It's really, really good. I mean, it looks like it's gonna be a good movie, and it's funny because, I mean, I just. I mean, she's she's badass when it comes to like you know regular people, but special op missions. But like, yeah, you know, yeah, but not you know when you got Thanos who could snap the the universe with a thing, and she's like practicing with a pistol. Like, or bro, the, what are you gonna the, do? The funniest thing is Avengers, <laughs> the, the first Avengers movie when the they're fighting the Chitari. And you have Captain with his shield, you have Thor, Iron Man, everyone. And she has these little pistols where she's firing them. And it's like, if you know anything about, any little bit about guns, I'm not that smart with guns, but I, I know those guns don't do shit. <laughs> Especially against like alien life forms. Exactly. <laughs> no, but um, I guess Marvel's under heat because fat shaming. So there's... Explain um, this. She, I don't know if it's her father or her foster father. I don't know. Anyways. Black Widow? Black Widow, yeah, like her, like, I don't know, adopted family. I don't know. Anyways, mm. some one of them is a superhero, and I don't know the background of these guys all that well, but her dad or uncle, whatever it is, he's got kind of a beard gut, and uh, he said something about his suit being tight, and she says, well, you got fat. And right there, that's all it took, and they've been under heat, which I think is kind of... Jesus yeah. Really? Christ. Yeah. I mean, because it's, I, I, I have, didn't they also come under fire with fat shaming or something with fat Thor? Dude, I, no, and, people, and their whole purpose with that was to show that his weight was not the psychological issue for him. Yeah, they it went was, super PC about it. It's yeah. it's annoying. They're but doing the same I, shit with this. It's up in arms for no reason. Dude, it, I, it's I, it's like people are looking for something to be mad about. You it's know, like, dude, I, it's I, what it seems like. It's, like, it's I'm been still, that way for the past five years at least, Noel. But hey, guys, big news just dropped. Here's another just random thing that's going on in the media world. Reno nine one one is coming back. Do you guys yes. Think? You guys hear about hear this? That. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> As of right now, it's April 2020. That's what's going to drop. I'm freaking excited. Uh, there's going to be some youngsters. I hate saying that. Like, I feel, I yeah, I feel old so saying old that. Back in but, my day. <laughs> now, now, what was that we were just talking about that you may do for your New Year's resolution? Stop taking melatonin before bed. You're going to sit in, read sit in your bed and read a book. With, with your, blue light blocker glasses? Yeah. Oh, like, boy. You're already acting that old. <laughs> 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 hey, I, I'm game, dude. I'm game. I mean, when you read a book at night... I swear, it's like Melatonin Man sucker punches you in the face eventually. Yeah. Because I've done that. I mean, I've done it with textbooks. Let me tell you. Well, yeah, I was going to say, like, we know this from textbooks. You try reading that thing, like, you're really trying to read it, and it's nighttime, and next thing you know, it's 5 o'clock in the morning, maybe, and you're waking up. Well, I wonder if if you're reading a book that you're actually legit interested in, you're, it it's going to be by. so bad, right? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I could see myself. I could see myself actually waking up or just realizing it's 4 a.m. and I haven't gone to sleep yet. I devour... So, for last year's Christmas or birthday, I do not remember exactly which one. My parents got me the new edition quotations for the Inheritance series, which was Aragon, Eldest, Brisinger, and Inheritance. The author created this whole side story book. It was about 200-some-odd pages, and I read that thing in, like, two days. Because hmm. I really enjoyed his work and that story. It's around the same characters, kind of. It's pretty much the characters hearing stories. Oh. But, yeah, I, I was up from, like, maybe 7 o'clock till 11 o'clock without realizing it, just reading. Cause See, I, I got to be careful with the book I choose. I want to read, a like, a personal growth type book. I'm going to go with a – I want to read Jordan Peterson. There's that one. A Conscious Coach is a good one by Brett Barth- Bartholomew. How to Win Friends and Influence People. By Dale Carnegie is an older one. I like that. That one. is a good one. Yeah. I learned a whole lot of good shit from that one. Really? I'm pretty sure that resulted in an internship offer for me that went from no housing help to we'll work something out because I used some stuff I learned from that. And then Mark Manson's uh, Subtle Art Not Giving a Fuck is a good one. That one's funny. Yeah. that's You've actually pulled a few things out of that one, which I like. Oh, yeah. That sounds like it's pretty good. It, so it is guys, really good. You guys read actual educational books. I'm still liking the Stephen King, Harry Potter shit. So like, yeah, nothing wrong with <laughs> well, that. See, I want to read those books or the, that kind of book because that is what I prefer to read. But the field I want to get into and because we just got out of college where it's very sciencey based, we don't get that luxury. Guys, actually, I had somebody ask me, one of our listeners was a um, super nerdy dude, was wondering... What would we be in RPG? So let's say, let's oh, say we're, on, we're, in a, we're in a video game, three of us. One's a healer, one's the tank, 
And then the other one is uh, mage paladin type thing. I can easily paddlin? answer this. Paladin? Paladin. That's not what I said? No. You said paladin. Pad- or we something. We can't even no, say no, pad- <laughs> you'll, you'll hear Paddlin. Paddlin, right? Yeah, paddlin. No. It's paladin. Paladin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a paladin basically has a choice. They can be either tank, healer, or sport. Easily, this dude would be healer. You'd be tank. I'd be sport. Why would I Tell be the healer? <laughs> Huh? Why would I be the fucking healer? <laughs> You're better with your mobility than us. When it comes to like RPG games like that, I'm always a wizard. Exactly. I'm, that, that's I'm always who I go for. Wizards can be healers. Healers. But the wizard I go for is always the one that like shoots okay. lightning out of his hands like, fuck you. Healer slash support. Being the tech guy, Miguel, you're you're like the support type guy. That's why I said I'd be support. Yeah. I, I think we all... <laughs> Agree that Noel would just be the tank. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Send Noel in there with his thunder thighs. Oh, he got killed. Okay, Miguel, go heal him. Then I'll support you. That's that's actually like you know when just any type of you know RPG or anything. I'm just I go all in. See, we, I we, just go. You would be that guy that if we're in a group or, or a party fire team, we just send you out. Like I think they stop firing. Noel walks out and just gets immediately killed by like all the arrows or whatever it is that we're fighting. <laughs> like, nope, they're still there. <laughs> well, now it's been probably, I don't know how many days since we recorded last. It's been Well, it's been seven days. Uh, how are you guys feeling? Because I swear it was like three days ago I was finally done being sore. <laughs> I was sore forever, dude, after the, after the turkey bowl. <laughs> oh, I'm fine. No, it was, yeah, it was about three, yeah, three days ago. Except, check this out. Fingers like... Still looking like a corn dog. Look at that thing. Oh, dude, your Polish it's, dog expired. <laughs> it's still swollen, dude. I so I still can't pick up heavy weight. What? I like yep. jammed the finger pretty good. No, you, yeah, I'm just. You I mean, okay, you played basketball. How long did it would it take for you to? If I'm still using it. Well, like you know, yeah, for basketball, like it, you jam one like every Multiple other week. Multiple weeks. Multiple weeks. Almost okay. Like a month and a half easy. Oh, great! That's lovely. Yeah. Again, it depends on which <laughs> finger, how bad, and am I in season? And if you're still using pre-season, because there's no way that me like doing deadlifts is helping it heal, right? Oh no, it does not help when you still use it or try to. Because I know, because yeah, like strength. I'll purposely bend it and just try to get. I'll crank on it. I don't know if I should, but I do <laughs> because I mean, I'll see when uh, our when I was working in physical therapy, I'd see how they would help fingers heal, and the, part, one of it was they would grab it. And put their finger right where it bends. I wish we were recording On the this. Like, knuckle furthest away. Yeah, like right there, and then just pry and just pry that sucker like that. This right uh, now hurts. I could cry oh, right yeah. now. I, yeah, I should do that. Yeah. Um, let's see. Jan fingers icing it helps out a lot. Holding it over your head helps. I'd actually think if you're deadlifting, try putting some straps on, so that you don't have to squeeze it as much. Yeah, I vowed to never use them again, just because. I had been working on my grip strength for a year now, and I can actually pick up like the hundred pound dumbbells and like do shrugs for like sets of twelve. Like that's I've that, come your, along. Your grip strength was that bad? It was that. Hey, hey easy. <laughs> it was that. Easy I, there, for, young man. When I first started lifting, I relied on them so much, and there was no reason to. It was like I was like twenty, twenty one, and I'd seen this other dude using them, and he used them. I cringe thinking of this, but he used them on literally everything. The bench press. No, I've seen those. And so guys. I was, I was that guy for well, like four years. Well, I'm thinking about the right wrist wraps, right? Like the ones. No, that, these these are ones that the you wrap around the bar. Straps. Oh, those are worse. So so you wrap those around the bar, and wow. then suddenly the grip doesn't have to work. Why would you use that on a bench press? Because I thought it was cool. Honestly, that's my only reasoning. I was young and dumb. There, there really is no <laughs> reason because if you're worried about the bar slipping out of your hands, well, first off, that you have other things you need to address, not just that yeah the other part is if it does fall out of your hand that thing is still connected to you so it's still going to come crashing down and it's just going to jerk your wrist and arm more yeah i mean and i'm just glad i wasn't power cleaning or snatching because could you imagine screwing that up when you're uh i'm sure there's a youtube like if you have there. a bar that is not <laughs> Dude, there's a lot of well enough you which. would fuck yourself up bad if you can't especially if you can't bail and the bar's literally oh Ooh, no i don't even want to think about it man i'm yes. pretty sure some so someone's gonna go look it up right now (laughs) (laughs) no um have you guys been getting you guys ever get random knocks on the door um for tamales I know that doesn't happen to Miguel. I know one hundred percent doesn't happen. I was gonna happen. say, and if for random sure knocks on the door, no, this is something typically like Jehovah's Witnesses. This is something I want to vent about. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with the tamale economy, but it's like tamales are getting expensive. Yeah, back in my day, they were ten bucks for like a dozen. Now it's fifteen bucks or a dozen. What's going on, dude? There's some. There's actually some ladies that'll come knocking around Chico for like twenty bucks a dozen. So, like you out of your mind. Yeah, for tamales. Yeah, for tamales. tamales. Like yeah, food. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> the amazing, the uh, amazingness. Again, 
we do not get that shit. In Megalia, typically if someone random is knocking on my door, it's many cases a Jehovah's Witness. Have you ever had homemade tamales? Yes, I have. I there, we used to have a guy that was a football coach up in Paradise who also had his own little tamale stand in the what used to be Safeway's parking lot, and he'd be sitting there from when he starts till he finishes his gun. Tamales, get your poppin' hot tamales, tamales. One of my clients was telling me that at his work, this lady will go and literally sell to everybody at the job. It's like a big warehouse. She would make rent and pay all her bills and everything just selling one day a week. How freaking awesome Dude. is that? Because there were so many workers there. What, so she knew to... curious, like, how good were they? Like, Well, I think good enough for her to be selling them. So, like, she legit has to make tamales one night. You know, and then sells them all to his work, and then all of her bills are paid. That's pretty dude, sweet. Yeah, that that's is nice. awesome. Yeah, so you work one day a month. Yeah, dude, fuck. <laughs> Jealous. Yeah. So, when I shared our link about the last episode, the post-Thanksgiving one, got some comments on that that I was actually surprised to um, get. Do you remember... Or yeah, what yeah, were your thoughts yeah, about yeah. seeing she, that? Well, the one in particular that struck to me was, uh, well, she, I mean, she ended up adding me. She, one of your old coworkers, I believe yeah, it is. One she, of my she, old coworkers from Beyond Fitness left some messages or um, comments that we should talk about depression, trying yeah. to get into the gym. Her situation was that she knows that she'll feel better when she gets to the gym and when she starts working out. But she is having issues with that first step, and she is battling with depression like many camp fire survivors yeah uh well what's the status of even having a gym in paradise there's none up right there's one that i'm currently aware of i think there may be two there's soon soon will be at least two one is paradise fitness which is the little tiny one one of my friends got thrown out of there because he sweat too much oh. <laughs> so in terms of like the quality of the gym it's not the best yeah um <laughs> Beyond Fitness was the main gym, and to my knowledge, they are in no level of planning to come back. Uh, so right now, it's just that that little one? Pretty much. Little fake planet fitness? Yeah, and well, yeah, that kind of... Well, depression, it's complicated. I mean, there's, the, a, there's a lot there's to it. There's a lot to it. Well, first off, I mean, we've got to preface this. Is we're not doctors. You know? Yeah. You know, yeah. We, we took a few classes on it, you know, uh, in exercise physiology. There's a few courses for it. So for me and Noel, the things that we should preface is that everything we know about depression is regarding or surrounding activity, how exercise and just movement in general can affect it. There's more to it than that. There's the whole psych- psychology department that we never really got into that has uh, classes dedicated to I took depression. Two, I took two psychology courses. So, I mean, I got a little on there and I was able to pick at my professor's brain quite a bit because I've got one friend who's severe. He has severe, like he's really bad depression. So I would sit in class, well, after class and talk to her about it. So I was able, I learned a lot. I mean just well how complex it can be we had a whole se- section on it and there's all there's so much to it dude and then for us have any of you battled with depression yourselves i i still do um recently my depression has been it's been okay ever since i've started like this journey with weightlifting and trying to better myself and uh it's it's been good it's been manageable like i feel like i have a little bit more control of my life you know but any little thing can set it off. Like my hurt back right now, it's keeping me from going to the gym as much as I want. And that's, that's, that's fucking with me pretty hard. And, yeah. uh, not being able to do something you want to do, it kind of, it's a good way to trigger it, you know? It is that. because you, a lot of the main mindsets, and I mean, I've talked to people with depression too, is that you feel like you don't have control over your life when in reality you do. But that feeling sometimes just can't be shaken. Yeah. Well, I mean, we should highlight first, I mean, anybody can have it women tend to tend to be more prone to it they also typically are more prone to just being in better connection with their emotions or their emotions will go on more of a rampage yeah especially depending on the time of the month because that we've learned that it does have connection to it that they were more susceptible yeah, it's something like they're, they're more sensitive to the changes in their emotions guys were are more likely to ignore it and then it's like a volcano finally erupts and like all this shit comes flying out yeah yeah i mean it's that's what makes it hard is anybody can do it and you can't see it. I mean, you could point out something like, oh, somebody's obese, you, you, you'll you see it. Somebody has a broken arm, 
you could see that. But depression is not something you can physically see. I mean, there's physical changes that can happen in the body, primarily in the brain, you know, but that's not something that you just walks, you know, somebody walks by and, you know, you can point out at them. It's just, yeah, it's, it's not a name tag. You can't see it. So you know? in that case, Noel, have you ever battled with it? Because Miguel shared with us. I've been else. depressed. I, haven't, I don't know if I've ever been through what would be called you know, clinical depression, but I've been depressed before. So it's not, it wasn't anything that was very serious. I think it'd been more just, you know, little episodes here and there, you know? And for me, what I felt was just no drive to go outside, no drive to really do anything. I didn't really, the things that I normally enjoy, like working out and stuff, I just didn't care to do, but it wasn't anything. It wasn't very long. So I don't, I wouldn't consider that it, maybe it was depression, but I kind of just, I just went through it, you know? So that also highlights that, depression is so challenging in the sense that we don't even know at times if we are experiencing yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It could, it'll Some, up sometimes on you. it may hit you as very obvious. I am depressed. Yeah. I mean, I mean, what, other times it's like, am I, or am I just sad? I mean, you went through a freaking campfire, man. What about you? Did you ever, did you ever experience anything? Do you think you did? If you sit I back and think don't about think it? I did. Part of it, as I covered in that uh, campfire episode was my mindset was, a lot more I came to accept it very quickly very uh, I kind of saw ahead that for my mental health I need to do these things otherwise I will have some issues later on you kind of pr- braced yourself for it I, I braced myself and I went through it for for me I'm very odd when it comes to my own brain that if there's something I need to do mentally for myself I will do it and it's very planned out mathematical I set it up etc kind of like i said i never really cried i came close to a mental breaking point but i was also at the point of i can't afford to go through this right now there's other shit i have to take care of my family's whatever not now put it off till later and then like okay it's later now i can do go through it that's that to me sounds like you're being very mindful of it that's one of the things that uh helps with depression that i had uh i watched a documentary i believe it's the something with the mind on netflix but um, they were following monks and monks are very Mm -hmm. good about being very mindful about things and just the rate of being depressed and everything like that it's just it's so much lower i feel like to a small point and i have no scientific knowledge or experience to back this up part of depression anxiety probably stem a little bit from not being mindful of certain things not being aware of how you are feeling how you're thinking or just being mindful of more towards anxiety that yes this thing's making you anxious but you don't need to like h- how, how you perceive it doesn't need to be the way it is yeah no but it's not something that you can just say well i'm feeling anxious from this well don't be anxious it doesn't work that way it takes practice to build up to being able to look at and go, I feel it, but it's not something that needs to be life crippling. No, it's exactly what being mindful of it is. I mean, another just a quick example of this. So we, I don't want to get too far off topic, but hunger. As soon as we feel a little bit of hunger, we automatically want to go. It's uncomfortable. We don't like what it feels like. We like, oh, I'm a little hungry. I'm going to go and grab something to eat. Like we can't even stand that for a few minutes, you know. It's so the same concept. It, once you're mindful of being hungry, like, you know what? It's okay. I'm hungry, I'll live, I'm not going to die. You know, you end up being better, you're being mindful about it, you know. So I think mindfulness, just your, your ass, you know, just the way you see it all is pretty important, you know. But, I mean, just things I want to go over on what it even looks like. I mean, because I was watching a TED Talk on this was, um, you know, you're not enjoying things. You're in what you'd say low mood. Your sleep schedule is completely off. Either you're sleeping too much or not enough. Energy level's low. You'll have suicidal thoughts. Uh I mean, because it's tough. You can't see it like, you know, like something like obesity interferes with all aspects of your life. Very quick thing. Going back to that suicidal thoughts, it can be suicidal thoughts of I want to commit suicide, but it can also be self-destructive thoughts of fuck it. Life's going to fall apart. I'm going to let it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, just being, I guess, more reckless, more reckless. I know some people very close to me whose mindset has been that way since the fire where they see where they can maintain their life or they can let it kind of slip or fall apart. And they pretty much, their mindset was, I do not care. I'm spiraling and I'm going to let myself spiral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, just kind of letting life spiral out of control and you just let it watch That can it. be part of suicidal thoughts of self-destruction. And yeah. That's something I experienced, you know, because of my weight issue. I just, I was like, fuck it, I'm going to die eventually. I might as well do it with comfort, you know. And just eat. 
Yeah, just, it, just I literally ate. I was always on pilot mode, and I would just eat, like that's, autopilot. That's actually one of those things in my 600-pound life that you'll hear a lot of is when they, I mean, are that far in, you know, into their weight gain, it's almost always depression. I mean, obviously, it's like a snowball effect. The more depressed you get, the more weight gain. The it's more a vicious g- uh, feedback cycle. Yeah, it's a positive a feedback, feedback loop. loop. Yep, yeah. Where I feel bad because I look this way, so... I'm going to eat more because I feel bad that I look this way, but now it makes me look worse. So I, it, it's really hard to break. Typically, it has to hit a point. I'm guess if I remember correctly, kind of like how Miguel had it, where he walked around a corner, ran into a mirror, and was like, I do not like this. Yeah. A client I just picked up had that same thing where she was going upstairs and she felt her stomach against her thighs going upstairs, and that was the big switch for her of this not happening. I'm going to make a change. Yeah, and I mean whenever you're going to go into like a weight loss thing, I want to just clarify is you need to love yourself enough to do it. Like you say, I love myself. I'm going to take care of myself as opposed to, I hate myself and I'm going to lose this weight. You don't want to go into it like that because you end up doing the, this in a really stupid way of losing weight. you want to get it off really fast. You become impatient and you probably end up long-term success doesn't happen. No, because typically you will get very anxious that it needs to come off any kind of, Backstep that happens, you are likely to fly off the rail or you're going to go even crazier into it. And that's where you have body dysmorphia can really come in hard. Yeah. And just on top of that, you get it to where people just, like you said, do it in the worst ways possible and they do more damage to their body. Yeah. I mean, if it took you, what, 10 years to put on your weight and they people expect it to be done in 10 weeks it's not gonna happen you know no. it's a slow process i always tell people like it maybe it'll take you a year maybe it'll take you a little over a year maybe it'll take you two years here's the thing two years are still gonna pass by it's just just do it the right way you know it's like uh investing in in a slow growing stock you know it's not gonna you're not gonna be rich overnight you got to be patient oh, no. about it you know and when you hear some of these great or phenomenal weight loss stories the ones who keep it off later on, they will actually tell you that they didn't lose it in the first year. Yeah. It was over the course of five years that they lost all the weight, but look at where they are at. They don't have to count the calories as insanely as some of these other people who lose it in a month. They have the luxury of being in a point in life where, hey, I'm going to gain some weight. I need to bulk up. And, you know, for a lot of people that are trying to lose weight, they're like, you know, I always, you know, I'm trying to gain weight, you know, I always tell people that, and they're like, oh, have some of mine, that always hit me with that joke, a lot of them are like, man, they've told me, like, that's, that'd be a cool place to be, where you're lean enough to where you want to gain weight, you know, so, but, um, now we're getting, skewing off, back to depression, um, I do, I mean, I wanted to go over just the whys and the hows, you know, how it does, you know, how it happens, I mean, obviously, what I got out of it, I was doing a lot of reading on this, it's a mixture of your genetics and your environment. And that makes sense if you think about it, right? And then when I was talking about the physical changes in the brain, the frontal lobe and the hippocampus will actually shrink. They'll actually get smaller. And those are areas in the brain that are in charge of emotion. So if it's smaller, you're not able to express emotion as much. You think of somebody who's depressed, they've got more like a stone face, you know? So lower levels of serotonin and dopamine, which are kind of the feel-good hormones, the reward centers, will end up being lower. The, um, your sleep will end up being off. Thyroid and cortisol are going to be off, which you know you can in turn link back into lack of sleep. And then you can link cortisol to weight gain and muscle loss. It's all this giant... Like, the main concept with your body is everything is connected in some way. Yeah. Well, then technology is playing a big, big role in this, primarily social media. I mean, we talk Instagram... How many times this happened to me quite a bit. I'd go out drinking or something or I'd go out and like have a fuck it night and I'd wake up in the morning, get on Instagram and I'd see these posts of these super shredded dudes and I'd be like and I'd feel like crap. They'd be like, woke yeah. up in the AM feeling super, you know, super shredded back on the grind, hitting beast mode and I'm over here hungover, you know, and I'd feel <laughs> and I'd feel terrible, you know. And so then you start comparing yourself to these people too, you know. You got Photoshop, you've got the perfect lighting, you've got the perfect bodies. The other the thing filters. is when they show you that they are eating their cheat food, you'll note they never actually show you eating. They never show you them eating it. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, like did you you showed me this one post of these one girls that were doing that? Yeah, they the they had the pizza and like we get to eat pizza too and I watched it. It was like the tiniest of little bites and she never actually ate it. It was more like she just kind of left it in her mouth and I'm pretty sure when her little post was done filming, she it spit it gone, out. yeah. Well, these influencers and these, you know, Instagram models are 
actually i personally think a big part of this you know it rise in depression uh, yeah. a lot of it, i would definitely agree with you on that the biggest issue with it in many cases is mind pump had has the uh, motto of stay authentic and I believe Sal gave a talk to a bunch of people at one point and said, who tries to be authentic? And everyone raised their hands like, there, there you have, that's the issue. You don't try, you just are. Yeah. And you have so many Instagram influencers where they are trying to show how authentic, how real they are by showing you that women poop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, yeah. a lot of it is people will fall for that and that is one issue is that people are actually falling for it but when you're trying to be authentic or you're trying to have a positive influence you just are who you just are just be real yeah so now they're trying to like they're trying so hard, hard to do it that they are also like making it's, it's it the fake. cool thing right now is to be real so they're trying to be real and it's like oh you guys are missing the point just just stop just stop with the bs is all you need to do you know yeah there's actually a chapter in uh, mark manson's subtle art not giving a fuck one of the chapters was stop trying yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i mean well some of these uh these influencers you know they'll have surgical procedures done the tummy plastic surgeries all the the liposuction the butt lift the liposuction so they got these bodies that are very they're shaped oddly very enhanced yeah the those features that you know like a woman or a man will look for it's just it's enhanced too much it's almost it's i don't know it's too much you know and so then our perception of what a good body is ends up being, you know, distorted. And then you got people who are genetic gods, you know, there's, I know dudes that they'll look at a dumbbell and put on 10 pounds of muscle, you know, and I'm, and I can't put on muscle like that, you know? So I, I should, you know, and it was, I was doing it for a while. And I know I shouldn't, you know, is I, I need to focus on me. Like I have my set of genetics and I need to maximize them as well as I can. You know, and that's what we all need to be able to do is just do know what we have and work with what we have. Right. Yep. And one thing to consider is when they get, pretty big or they have a decent following on instagram they don't have a job their job is their instagram or their social media so they have the money and the time and the resources to put into having the diet planned out for them the exercises done for them if they do the exercises or have the surgical procedures lined up that allow them to look a certain way or the photoshop that's not the average person yeah no 100 percent. yeah they'll they'll be sponsored by this company that company that company and literally all they have to do is exist. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and some keep of them, putting up content. Some yeah. of the better pages actually showed how positioning or Noel, you would know this more than Miguel or myself, how angling and lighting oh. really affects that someone will be exactly the same. They didn't lose the weight, but they just twisted a little bit, added a light in one spot, and they look that much leaner. I've got a few videos where I would do that. I'd like you know, when I'm like a week out from my show, I'd do the bad angle and just let my stomach very relaxed get the wrong and get the right angle to look bad and then change shorts and put on something else i'd be like this is my two-month transformation it literally was 10 seconds yeah Yeah. or the biggest trick for men trying to show how ripped their stomachs are and how small their waist is is you flex you lean back and then you turn your hips about 90 degrees and you rotate slightly. Yeah, that's so exactly what sucking everything that's in. That's actually what you, what you do on stage in the men's physique category is when you're flexing, you have to twist the waist like that. Exactly what you just said. So it's hilarious because then you see all these young kids. I'll see like, oh, I want to be super shredded like this guy. And then they're then they'll look at themselves and they'll end up not liking what they look like, what they you know, what looks back at them. And so people just need to be happy with what they have. Literally, you have your body. You have your set of genetics. Just honestly, just create the best version of you. Don't let something like Instagram change that. And for those who look at it as if you disconnect and you're going to suddenly be better, depression will go away. Anxiety will go away. Mind Pump had an episode. It was episode 1,176. God damn. That, that we'll get, we'll get there it. one day. <laughs> one day. But the, when they talked about it, and Sal mentioned a study, and they debated the credibility of the study, where people disconnected, and they measured how long, and then they measured uh, the quality of life. Adam brought up a brilliant point that it takes longer than 28 days for you to suddenly feel better about your life or better about the quality of your life. Additionally, they did not measure what did they replace the time on social media with. If you take social media out and you don't have a plan of something else you're going to put in, some other kind of crap was going to come in. Because in that study, they found that no one really seemed happier by disconnecting so it was kind of like a disproving you disconnect from social media you'll feel better well first off it takes more than 28 days 
Second off, it depends what kind of habits did you put in place. What you replace it with. Because that's what happens when you're addicted to something. You replace it with something else. You'll end up replacing that addiction with something else. You see people that they stop eating like crap. So they replace that bad food. They start gambling instead. Or they give up drugs and they start doing alcohol instead. You know, just they end up replacing addiction with something else. And I had a actual experience with this in one of my classes, the drugs in our society class, the instructor challenged all the students, take whatever vice it is that you choose that you see as being one of the biggest things holding you back in life and try to go a week without that and see what you can replace it with and measure how you feel. At the time for me, I had Netflix on my phone and I was realizing I was spending way too much time watching shows on Netflix. So I deleted the app and then what I replaced it with was I listened to more mind pump i did some reading did some research i caught up on some work so in the week time that i came back and had to give a presentation on it i had gone through about 10 episodes on podcasts each being on average about an hour long i read two books on exercise and i had caught up five different programs for a client for different clients but also had planned three months in advance on those yeah and And i can tell you i felt that much better about myself because i felt that much more productive Granted, it was hard to maintain that. I did not maintain that. (laughs) But the fact that I filled that time in with stuff I actually needed to do or stuff I really wanted to do made me feel that much more successful. Uh, Well, let's get back to depression with... uh, Let's start talking about some exercise. Because exercise is actually really, really good for depression. It is very good for depression. Now, specifically to the person who posed the question on the comments for the post I made. I'm going to talk more about what do you do when your gym is burned down to the ground? Because that's something I have been noting. Many members from Beyond Fitness are struggling with trying to get back into the gym, finding a new gym to go to because they loved the environment that Beyond Fitness offered and it was gone. Yeah. So what do you do to get back to it? I asked my client that I just got who's a member from Beyond, what got her to choose in motion what got her finally back she said part of it was acknowledging that health is deteriorating and she needs to get back into the gym and the other part was she looked for the gym that had some former employees or other members from beyond because the beyond fitness business had a good connection with in motion the two owners actually used to work together so in motion offered great deals for any beyond fitness member and staff they picked up some of the staff and that's how I got hired there. The members were given, I think about two months of free membership immediately following the fire. It's pretty dope. Yeah. So she looked for who was at the gyms and she found that I was at in motion. So she decided to come and talk with me, eventually sign up with me as a trainer to help get her started because she trusted me. So to anyone trying to get back into a gym, who's still in the area, try to find the one that has members or people, you know, and are familiar with, because she also expressed part of the issue trying to get back is bigger gym, Whole new different gym, people you are not familiar with. In Motion has a much younger group than Beyond Fitness yeah. did. When it comes to being outside the area trying to get back into the gym life, because this person who asks us this question sees that there's something that she needs to change or something that she needs to get back into, but she's having problems with that first step. A thought that came to my mind, I'm going to ask you guys what you think about this, is starting a social media group or a, a group on Facebook, Instagram, whatever it is you want to use, or just text message from members or friends that used to be at Beyond that you were actually close with. And the purpose of the group is to encourage each other to go back to the gym or keep up and check in with each other. Yeah, and post progress and things like that. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Or reach out to any trainers that they used to know. Uh and ask them just to help them out, talk to them, try to get them back into the gym in some way without, I am your trainer, I'm going to push you to get back, yeah. but just be the friend that Encourage was them. at Beyond. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, when you're, when you have depression, it's a tough place to start because you're not sleeping well, your energy levels are low, your appetite is off, you've got body aches, your actual perception of pain goes up, so... When you're there working out, that pain you feel is actually going to be worse if you're going through depression, you know. So when anybody's going to start, you got to start little. I mean, even it doesn't have to be a gym. Actually, you could just go do this. You go a five minute walk just like that. I do that. And then boom, you're good for the day. That'll turn into a 10 minute walk. It'll turn to a 15 minute walk. Maybe you'll end up walking to the gym one day, you know, or go to the gym and start out with something very basic. I mean, it doesn't have to be 
then we have this all-in mentality. People think that they're going to go to the gym and they have to do this, you know, Mr. Olympia routine day one. No, 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 no. That's something light, something easy, you know. Take it easy on the body. Ease yourself into it. You know, your your body's not ready for, you know, all that, especially with everything you're going through. And then for those that will say that the issue is trying to do anything because they have no motivation for anything. Try to hire a trainer that you trust or know and discuss before you hire them that you just need help getting your feet walking, getting yourself moving in the right direction. Because if you have a good trainer who knows about depression and knows what it's like to try and get someone started, they'll give you the easiest forms of working out that will give you the biggest benefit as you do it. And they will plan it out and get it going. With my client just picked up, I'm, I told her that I'm... Definitely being more controlling with her of what I want her to do and not do because I don't want her to go so hard into it that she mm-hmm. burns up and burns out. The joke that we have is the song Master of Puppets by Metallica. That's hey. what she's like with me. Of She's my little puppet. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds very terrible. Very inappropriate. Terrible. But when you have a good trainer that knows what it is like to deal with depression or the challenges trying to get into activity and exercise from depression, they will definitely know how to ease you into it and they will give you options and freedom what to do, but they will make sure they don't overdo it. Yeah. Well, I mean, exercise, it's, it's important. It's something that some, if somebody's going through depression, they're going to want to do it. You know, you're going to want it there. Some of the benefits of it are nootropics, growth factors, they'll increase. So it'll actually cause, growth in the nerve cells which actually will form new connections in the brains and you you can actually see growth in the hippocampus which is in charge of emotion in the brain will actually see growth so that's one one of the many benefits of exercises and that's how it can actually directly combat depression help with it at least at the very least, I mean, it's not going to do anything bad, you know, as long as you don't blow your, your back out or anything, right? <laughs> and there's more that it can do on the psychological side there's a book I believe it's just called Sparks my one of my instructors made me have to read it because it connected how exercise affects your brain and your mood and emotions everything and the main concept that it said was cvs exercise needs to be complex vigorous and sociable when it meets all the three criterion you can have reduced rates of depression reduced onsets and issues with anxiety the big thing that caught my interest was it could slow the progression of dementia and alzheimer's and then also in the early stages help reverse it yes yes all just through exercise that is complex vigorous and sociable yeah i mean just another i mean it's like the billionth reason to you know to exercise i mean more reasons to if you're going through this to you get in an exercise was your mind will end up focusing on something else it's a good confidence booster you know you have social interaction with people you actually go into this community especially when you start making friends in there it's a much healthier way of coping with it as opposed to drugs and alcohol and things like that and you know? when it comes to anxiety and depression together as we stated earlier part of the reason why some of those may come on is because you have a lack of control or a feeling of control in your life one of the great things that exercise does specifically resistance training more so in many cases than cardio is it gives you something you can control yeah something that you have complete control over and that bleeds over to everything else in life yeah you're in plus you're also seeing that what you're doing the progress you're making it all happened because of you and your effort you know and that's definitely encouraging for anybody going through but I mean, if you're thinking that you have depression or you do have it and you're thinking about jumping on a resistance program, talk to your doctor, talk to, you know, who's ever helping you through this and find yourself a good trainer. I mean, that's do that. And I think you'll be all right. And I'd extend it for anyone listening who feels like, yes, that's me. I'm having this issue. You can also reach out to the nerds. Yes. Yes, reach we out to us. We would love to talk to more people. Of course. Yes, yes. I mean, there's a lot, a lot to this. It's a pretty big topic. And in fact, maybe one day we'll just make an episode on just this. Yeah. I mean, it would be a really good episode where we could just dive all the way into depression of what we do know. Yeah. We also state all of this with the understanding that we do not know everything about new, uh, depression. Don't. And we're not trying to belittle any aspect of how challenging it is. Nor are we psychologists. Or doctors. We're trying to be as respectful as possible towards depression while still trying to help offer a solution. We love you. Ah, Traveler, you're awake. What's that you've got there? Go ahead and open it. 
Oh. <laughs> it looks like some questions in a bottle. Probably from your travels in the seas. Let's have a look. Well, question one is how to build a program if you want to work out alone. Basic concept, like the most basic thing well, to yeah, keep let's, let's... in mind, but keep in mind. Kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. Yes, yes. If you are really into the science of it, like many people claim, oh, yeah. you will go down so many rabbit holes and then overcomplicate oh. it to where you make shit. <laughs> so we better not do that. We'll end up doing an over an hour answering this question. The basic yeah, right? <laughs> one is linear progression. Yes. It has its place. It's not perfect for everything, but it is good for beginners. Yes. Basic concept with linear progression is as time goes on, you change what it is you're trying to train. In a nutshell... Intensities and volume will adjust. Yeah, as I say, in, in a nutshell, what is linear progression? You're, you're literally going up. In a, if you look at a graph, you know, just it goes up. You know, you're adding a little bit more every single time. As the weight increases, the volume decreases. Simplest thing. Yeah, yeah. Now, adding a layer to that to explain how do you know when to increase the weight or drop the weight down. You have different phases. Muscular hypertrophy and endurance. That's when you're trying to put muscle on. You have basic strength. That then shifts more towards the power. Then power shifts to max strength. This is the simplest of the models that there's more to it. As time goes on, you go from hypertrophy training where you're trying to gain weight and gain muscle to where you shift over to now we're trying to get a little bit stronger. That's when the weight starts going up and the volume decreases. How do you know when to change from one to the other? I would recommend roughly three to five weeks. Yeah, three to five weeks. That's about the sweet spot for sure. Three weeks is typically how long it takes for the body to start adjusting. If you're trying to put on muscle, I'd say give it a little bit more time to stay in that spot so you can try to build a little bit more. Yeah, plus there'll be you know responders. People respond a little better to certain types of training. Someone that, like I say, you get somebody who's been training very heavy for a long time. I might even keep that guy, and he doesn't train, you know, in the twelve to fifteen rep range. I might keep him there, you know, five. Yeah. So yeah. that that's where it gets more specific to the individual. Yeah. The other thing to keep in mind when you go up for the power phase and the max strength, those things don't last long. Those are the shortest of the phases. Yeah. You can make them last longer by going through like micro cycles. This is not correct in technical terms at all, but it will get the thought across where you're in an overall power phase. You're trying to get more powerful. That's you're lifting heavy weight, but you're moving it fast. Yeah. Well, you spend, let's say two weeks going at the proper intensity. Then you drop it down a little bit and then you bring it back on up. That would be more like a micro cycle in this sense for the general public just to hear. That way you don't burn out your body. Yeah. Because I've had clients come to me or I've had people who take classes come to me and say that they had a trainer or they had a coach make them go through a whole program. They maxed. And by the time they got to the point of they're going for their actual max, it hurt. Yeah. Their bodies were spent. It was a grind. That's because they stayed in those higher phases a little too long and the nervous system burnt out. Yeah. Well, I don't know what the background of this person is, but if they're asking us that they're going to work out on their own either a they'll be new to the gym in general or b they must be in some sort of class or c they have a terrible trainer who hasn't taught them how to anybody i have under my wing i always teach them this is kind of generally what i want to look for in a program so i don't think this person's going to be it doesn't know a whole lot so i mean for that person, I'd say something like a basic strength program would be excellent to start, especially if you've been doing, you know, like a like, let's say you come in from a hit class background, so your body's adapted to that. Well, I mean, your body is going to completely transform if you start suddenly focusing on strength. Something your body has no, it's going to be like, what the fuck? It's going to be a novel stimulus. You'll see good change there. You know, if you're coming back from a powerlifting background. Try a bodybuilding approach. Go with something that's got a lot of hypertrophy. If you've been hitting weights for a while, try, you know, maybe try, dare I say this, a little bit of cardio, a tiny bit. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Well, now, something else just to talk about. We talk about, okay, intensities and volumes, how to use those. Now, when it comes to the next part, how do you structure the individual workout day? What would you think? I would go along the lines of let's do full body because it's one yes. of the easiest full ways body to say is the way to go. hit that massive reset button. Yes. 
and then get back into it. Yeah, yeah that and the, I always say incorporate at least one of the core lifts. I mean, the core lifts are your bench press, your deadlift, your squat, and your overhead press. If you're if you go to the gym and you're not hitting one of those, you're probably doing some sort of Instagram workout that you found somewhere. It's, some kind of body part split. Yeah, and uh, try one of those because those will send that loud the loudest muscle building signal you know because if you think about it you're doing an overhead press how, how many muscles are engaging when you're doing you got the shoulders obviously more working. than you would think you yeah, have the deltoids more. the serratus the latissimus the pec major not so much the minor the erectors the core the legs a lot, everything. <laughs> <laughs> a lot. There, there's a lot more you have a lot of muscles that are working in the overhead press and you can change that up is it going to be a strict press exactly is it going to be a push so press? many variations you could do I mean, so, then, then we then we'll, the deadlift. How many muscles are there? I mean, I, we're not even. Get everyone into it. thinks it's the back and the legs, or There's, the simplest. It's like the legs. There's so many. So your abs are engaged. Yeah. So and, and your okay, your pec is actually engaged to a yeah. point. Actually, when every time I do them, my pecs look super cool. Like oh, dude, when I do the deads, my arms look fucking magnificent, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the thing is, you're hitting a lot of muscles, and that's the point I'm trying to get across is focus on these multi-joint compound movements where you get in this body you're shocking the body you know and it's like whoa what is this and it's these complicated lifts that you're going to keep progressing with every single time you practice it so the other thing that the body the full body workout approach also accomplishes that people don't always think about too much everyone knows intensity and volume how heavy is the weight how many reps are you doing frequency frequency is the third one how many days a week are you hitting the gym if you think about the body part splits, uh, let's see, I'm trying... The bro split? I, I, I'll try to think back to one of the ones I used to do the back split. in the day. It would be chest and tries on Monday. Monday, and then Tuesday is legs. Back, <laughs> no, no, back and buys on Tuesday, legs on Wednesday. Then I'd go to a push on Thursday, a pull on Friday. See, that's a little more advanced right there. And most, most people would have done abs... And arms, and then the other day would have been like a, oh, I straight like a shoulder my day abs or something. That time, yeah, <laughs> I straight neglected them. But you do something like that. I'm hitting every body part maybe twice. Oh, what? yeah, a week. Case. But it's hard that's, to. That's better, right there. That you're doing than it most is people. much better than other people. But the other issue to it is I'd not list these are the workouts specifically. So I was oh. prone to getting into the rabbit hole or the. Uh, the quicksand of I'm doing the same damn thing every single time. Monday mirrors Thursday. Yeah. And even then it's not like I'm changing the weights around. So one day's heavy, one day's light. They're the same. Yeah. Or I get stuck into the muscles I want to work out. Yeah. Not the ones I need to. Yeah. So the nice thing about full body is you will hit everything. You have some freedom. You can do different lifts for different muscles, but you can also do it three days a week where you hit the muscles three times each. Yes. I mean, which is how I... For the week. Which is, you know, the approach I do with my clients. So, I mean, in a nutshell, when you're going to jump on a program, look for, does it have compound movements? Does it have good amount of frequencies at full body? And... I mean, does it phase out the same exact thing every single week for, you know, months and months on end? Or does a month later it changes something else? That's the way we want to look at it when it phases out. And in some cases, if you're going for a strength program, does it go through a unloading period or deloading is how some people look at it, where you're at this high intensity, you are grinding, but they have about a week or so where they drop the intensity down to let your body recover. Then they gear it back on up. Yeah. As you go through hypertrophy, basic strength, power, the linear model typically has about a one to two week period between each phase where you drop it down and you take a little break before you go back for the next phase. Yeah. And that's so that you don't kill yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Well, question dos. How to add size, how to put on muscle mass, how to build. This is going to be this Mr. Ties directly Mr. Into- Mr. I Can't Grow. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> okay, hold on. Remember when I told you that I need to tell you something? <laughs> One of my clients says that your head is too small for your shoulders. <laughs> Me? Yeah. <laughs> dude, you wearing a hat? What size hat are you, dude? I'm a. I have I'm, dude, no I've got a idea. fat dome, dude. Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm about a, a medium, dude. When we when I would play football, I was a two X XL or two. I don't remember. It was XL. It was a big one of the biggest ones. Yeah, try, try putting my hat on. It's not gonna work, dude. Watch this. Gonna, say, dude, we, when I go shop at Lids and I put a hat on, they're like, "What size are you?" Oh, I'm like, "I don't bad. know. We'll try it." They, they put on the biggest one and it's snug, and they're just like. <laughs> 
fucking melon head ass. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that, that is one thing I've heard a few times is my head is small compared to the rest of my body. Well, I don't know, dude. Just the shoulders pop, man. So the way I see it is you agree your head, man. He's, he's saying you're big. Yeah, I mean, thank you so much for that. It, it's said in the nicest ways possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, so, yeah, your head looks so damn small next to your shoulders and your arms. So how do you get big? So this, like, like I said, this will tie into the first question that we had, where programming is essential to this. Yes, yes, yes. Now yes, there's yes, yes, yes. two ways I like to think about it: how you can approach loading the weights up, because we already said you want to go dynamic, multi-joint movements, and then you go to the more isolated single-joint movements. One way of doing it, as I noted, I th- Mind Pump likes to do, is they start heavy. They get heavy because that will send the signal to the body that we need put on muscle then when that signal's been sent they'll go into more of the volume that's appropriate where the main thing that will happen is you're putting on size the other way is you go into hypertrophy and you start light yeah i'd say it depends on the individual of which way you start me as a trainer with a client i would start them light because that lets me know exactly what's wrong with the technique immediately before i put too much load onto them but Main question is, how do you put on size? Frequency is key. How many times a day or how many times a week are you at the gym hitting the same muscle? Dynamic movements, then going progressively towards the more isolated movements. Supersetting works very well. Compound sets can also work. So supersets is like a push-pull system. As you are resting for your chest, let's say bench is your main lift of the day. So you do a set of bench, and let's say we're going eight reps. Well, while you're resting on your bench, you go and you do, let's say, a bent over row, a seated row, a elastic band row, anything where it's pulling, it's on your back. You go more volume based on that. Then the next workout that you go through, we're going to do a bent over row. We're going for weight, so it's time to do the sets of six to eight. Then on the chest, maybe push-ups power push-ups where you're trying to jump off the ground or an inclined bench dumbbell bench anything like that the push-pull system is one way to do it because as one muscle is the way my coach put it way back in the day was when you train the muscle and it's getting bigger it's stretch stretching the fascia that's holding it so when you do the push-pull as that muscle is getting bigger and it's trying to stretch everything you do the opposite side or the opposite the antagonistic muscle group it will stretch that muscle out on the inside so the fascia is no longer being stretched that much but it gives it more room for the muscle to grow into plus allows you to get a little bit more work in without burning out well one thing i always tell people when it comes to putting on size is you will there's no way you won't be impressed with your physique if you can deadlift four plates on each side squat three plates on each side and bench two plates on each side like if you so i always like to tell people is try and get really strong try and do that that's uh, you cannot go wrong that route you know the funny thing that i just realized happened i'm the one that likes to go for performance but i talked about about it like a bodybuilder <laughs> you're the bodybuilding talked about it from performance welcome to our world traveler this is, this is a, par- shit just this is got a parallel universe right here dude. Know, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. no no uh no but that's why i always tell people like, if you can deadlift 405 you can you can squat 315 and you can bench 225 you can't tell me that you're not impressed with your physique. You're going to build something pretty bad. So, you know, nine times out of ten, people, it's in the programming. You don't even need to eat all that much more. It's how your program is. So just get strong, send a really loud anabolic signal, and I mean, you're going to be all right. You know, hit your accessories, your bicep curls and stuff. But if you can get strong in those lifts, watch. Watch what happens, And you know. While I, while Noel and I were still students at Chico State, technically we graduated, but it was that period where we're still considered students. I taught a fitness class at the Chico State Rec, and I had one uh, class attendee who, after a while, liked to stay a little bit after class and ask me questions about exercises, lifts, how do you get better, how do you sculpt stuff. And at one point, I had her meet you, Noel. Oh yeah. And you and I talked to her about. My physique personally looked one way when I was focused purely on making it look certain ways. And mm-hmm. it was a bitch and a half trying to do. Yeah. It was exhausting every workout. But then when I changed my focus to performance-based, I told her that I got the body that I was trying to get because it was able to hold what I was trying to do. Question number what? Numero what? San. That means three in Japanese. Is 
how to get over sugar addiction. So this one, sugar is always that's a tough one. A lot of people it, it's just in just go into a sugar eat. coma. It's just <laughs> dude, right? <laughs> just, just eat it, so much that you're sick of it. It's in just about everything that we eat. I mean, everything, especially the all, everything that's in the middle of the aisles of the typical grocery store. Think about that. You go down the cereal aisle, down the pasta aisle, down the I don't know, sauces, it all has sugar in it. So it, people end up eating a lot more sugar than people think, you know, than you think you do. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm an average Joe. The way I cut it out, just a quick little tip is that obviously I did what Andrew did, balls to the wall to the point where I got sick of it. So the oh, next really? Day, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I was fucking around. I didn't <laughs> <know>. <laughs> no, that actually happened, but I, you know, it's also a mentality because people can be literally supremely addicted to sugar. Yeah. So let's say they do that and they're like, ah, oh, fuck, that was awesome. I want to do it again. Yeah. No, I, I, got, I got sick of it right off the bat. And that made me kind of start heading towards like, uh, I don't want to say like sweeteners and shit, but like it made me want to slowly start cutting it off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, don't do not do that. Don't go head first and then. You, you have to see this as your typical addiction. So look, compare, look at cocaine and look at sugar. They're, they're both, both white. white <laughs> they're both white substances that were pulled from a plant. A very, very, very pure concentrated form of it. I mean. Cocaine is one hell of a drug. <laughs> really? Have you had experience with this? Well, uh, no. Allegedly. Officially, no. Yeah, officially, no. I'm let the record state. You ain't no. ever had that booger sugar. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so here's the thing about sugar: is you have to treat it as a literal addiction. If you end up, you're sitting there and you you want the sugar, and you're all of a sudden you're craving it, you're bored or whatever. A good thing to do is instead of going mindless zombie mode, like we always say sit there and think why do i want sugar all of a sudden and really think what's going on am i bored am i anxious about something did i just read a text message that i didn't want to read you know it's something stressing me out did i just receive a phone call or whatever just anything i mean identify that first and that already is a huge step you're already going to see you probably end up stopping yourself from getting into that mindless mode and honestly just don't eat it i mean you have to it's like it's almost like Think of it as cold turkey. Just don't do it for like a day. And I know it's hard. It's you're gonna want it. It's gonna be physical. It's gonna be tough. Uh, one tip I'd heard on a podcast years ago was eat bacon. Eat something very fatty when you're craving that sugar. Replace it with something else. Or I mean, even try like a 24 hour fast, a 48 hour fast if you're okay with that, and release yourself from the shackles of food. We always get these cravings where we want to eat and eat when we're bored and stuff or when we think we're hungry, but we actually aren't experiencing true physical hunger. Because, I mean, when's the last time anyone's gone out, gone over, you know, 12 hours without eating? I agree, I agree with you on that fast. This yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why you can't go over 160. My, 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 family has, <laughs> my, my family has the really bad habit that when we get stressed, when we have a lot of work we have to do, we stop eating. Yeah, see, my brother does yeah. that. I do that. My mom does that. My dad does it. Yeah, that's actually it's not as typical. It's usually it's the other way around. People get stressed out. They start getting the comfort foods and stuff and eating. And sugar, obviously, is that one. You literally, you I mean, brain scans have shown people will consume the sugar, and those same areas will light up in their brain as if they were, you know, addicted to cocaine and they're taking a hit. Yeah, same they get thing. the same dopamine hits as the literal drug. Exactly. So one of the ways that you were describing it of asking why do you want it? Are you anxious, etc is being more mindful about yourself and your own mental state, kind of how you also hinted or how I described what you thought it was with me during the campfire if I didn't go through depression, or at least my knowledge has not gone through depression, PTSD, anything like that, because I was more mindful of um, that connected with my own mental state. So if you're craving a food or you're addicted to something, it means something else in life is a source of issues for you. Yeah. Whether it's an insecurity, uh, a anger problem, anything like that, you have to root, go to your addiction and then connect the dots and find what the main issue is. Also, like how we talked about, or how I talked about a uh, mind pumps discussion on the experiment where they took the social media away and it didn't fix people feeling bad about themselves because they didn't replace it with something else. When you have an addiction, you have to find what is the main source. You have to be more mindful on a daily basis as to why am I mad about something? Why am I happy about something? As Mark Manson put it, why do you give a fuck about something? I'm going to quote him. 
You only have so many fucks to give. If you give a fuck about every little fuck that there is to give a fuck about, you'll have no fucks left to give a fuck about the big things that you need to give a fuck about. That's a, that's a very well said, actually. That's a pretty good line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A- well, one of the things that um, you know people need to keep in mind of is when you get that sugar, you know, that dopamine rush, you know, you're, you're addicted to it. Like you had said, Miguel, you brought up dopamine. One thing that can actually get you a dopamine rush also is exercise. There's actually days where when the days I don't work out, I'll get into this slightly, now, now not clinical depression, but a slightly depressed mood where I'm suddenly craving the food. It's like, ooh. So if I'm not going to get that dopamine rush from, you know, deadlifting a bunch of weight and just going to the gym in general... I'm going to get it from ice cream, something else. You'll I'll get that same response. So some people, I mean, just going outside and doing more. You know, you think about the days where you don't do a whole lot. You kind of just, you know, s- you know, sit at home and just, you know, don't even get any sunshine, anything like that. I mean, go out, go for a walk or something. You might. And the days that you work out are the days where you have an easier time sticking to your diet. The days that you don't work out are the days you want you start craving the bad foods. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Well, something <laughs> that you just mentioned that gave me a thought. Isn't part of it also connected to have you been outside? Yeah. Humans are meant go. to be out in the yes. sun. As much as you hear that the sun will give you skin cancer and all these other Nobody's things, outside those are more to an extreme. Your body creates vitamin D when you're in the sunlight. Yes, yes. We already talked about in a past episode that blue light tells you to wake up. It ceases, uh, was it serotonin? Melatonin. Melatonin. Yeah. You get all messed up every now and then. But it blue light gives a signal to stop making melatonin, which will put you to sleep. Red light increases melatonin. AKA the sunlight. Exactly. Yeah. So the sun Increases does serotonin. Serotonin. God damn it. <laughs> I'm backwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, it... The sun will affect what your body will produce, how it will behave, and how it reacts to things. Yeah. If you're isolated away from the sun for too long, depression will come in, almost guaranteed, even if you are working out because you're not outside. Or even just that slightly depressive state, which is enough to trigger those you know, sugar addictions. So, I mean, just to wrap things up there, it's try, just say, just say no to yourself. Replace it with, you know, try something very fatty like bacon. Try that instead. And when you get that sugar craving, try that. Try going out in the sunlight a little more. Try moving more. And it's kind of those things you got to tackle head go first. Go on a walk while eating bacon. There you go. Hey, <laughs> yeah, there you go. That don't sound too got bad. multiple done. Yeah. <laughs> and with that, we're going to wrap things up. Remember, guys, don't forget to follow us online. I am Noel Cast Iron Fit on Instagram. I'm Nakatak Fit on Instagram. Still working on getting Iron Nerd Moto up. It's not going to happen. <laughs> I need more photos to put on it. We need to do a photo shoot. Oh, we do. And you could follow me at Brown Psycho 100. And don't forget to follow our official Nerds and Iron page at Nerds and Iron. Thanks, guys. And give our homies EE Bartending on Instagram. Give them a follow. And finally, if you, for this episode specifically, if you are someone who battles with depression or anxiety, feel free to reach out to us and talk to us. We are non judgmental. Yes. I mean, we're trainers. If we're judgmental, we kind of lose our job. We're not judgmental, but we're, we would love to help you in any way we can.